0: Like this out, audio level full volume it's go time this is border to border with matt josephs he's super famous this guy's a fraud a phony
1: i respect women i love women i respect them so much that i completely stay away from them. matt
0: your manliness is overwhelming sports 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 audio level full volume it's go time here's matt josephs on richmond's 1061 espn
1: Good afternoon, everybody. Border to Border, 1061 ESPN. Matt Joseph's here, uh, taking you up until 4 o'clock here on a Tuesday. As uh, we get closer to the holiday season, they had me upstairs uh, working on, I don't even know what they are, paper plates and stuff, paper like uh, decorations. We're having clients and things over on Thursday, so uh, we're trying to decorate the place, make it look nice. So, I was upstairs doing that sort of thing. I'm not the right guy to ask to do that sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, that's what we're kind of working on. I'm short of breath because I had to go run and diagnose what the uh, situation was as to why uh, the mic wasn't working during the open. I had such a good open, it was such a nice open. So, uh, trying to catch my breath here. 327 0888, that is the phone number, that is the text line. 804 is the area code. Uh, got a lot to get into on the show today. As we do every Tuesday. Uh, We're going to have Dave Glenn on of the North Carolina Sports Network. And um, make sure to support what Dave does. I mean, he's so good. I've had him on the show, and he's been on this station for years. And we love whatever he does. And he'll tell you about it if you're not familiar with it. But the North Carolina Sports Network at the NC Sports Net on Twitter and um, you can follow Dave on Twitter at David Glenn Show. But he's been on for, I think he said 16 years, whatever. So, as we said, we're going to talk to him about the ACC championship game, Florida State and Louisville. I want to ask him, so far, and what he needs to see during bowl season. Obviously, we don't know the bowl matchups. We know who's going to make the bowls, but what he needs to see, and if he thinks it's been a um, successful season for the ACC so far. I think it has. Obviously... Florida State making the playoff would make it even better. Uh, the ACC not crapping all over itself uh, during bowl season would make it better. But I think so far it's been a good season, so we'll ask him about that. And tonight is the start of the inaugural ACC-SEC Challenge, which I didn't hate the ACC-Big Ten Challenge, but like they kept putting Virginia and Wisconsin against each other, and that was just not cool. But some of the matchups aren't bad so far. It's a three-day event, as it has always been. Tonight, you've got Mississippi State, Georgia Tech, Notre Dame, South Carolina, LSU, Syracuse, Missouri, Pittsburgh. The uh, highlight, Miami and Kentucky. NC State, Mississippi, Clemson, Alabama are the other ones that are tonight. So uh, certainly we'll talk to him about that. There's more games tomorrow. Uh, in the ACC SEC Challenge. And we'll ask him if he likes it. Like, Does he like these two conferences? Or would he rather have had the the Big Ten Challenge back? Um, So Dave Glenn will join us at 3.15. Tomorrow's matchup's not exactly the greatest. Um, Duke and Arkansas should be fun. Florida and Wake Forest. Virginia and Texas A&M. Virginia Tech and Auburn. Boston College and Vanderbilt. Okay, whatever. Uh, So we'll tell you about that. Uh, As we talk to Dave uh, coming up at 3.15. But, as I've said on Twitter, I was talking with somebody upstairs about the Monday night game last night. And they were like, what'd you think? And I was like, didn't watch. Did not watch the game last night. Followed it on GameCast. Obviously, um, the survivor pool that I'm in, uh, a lot of people took Minnesota. I considered Minnesota. Did not. Ended up taking uh, Tennessee. They took care of business against Carolina. Um, so I was happy to see Chicago win last night, but once again, another bad primetime game for the league. And I said on Twitter, and um I don't know how many other people were like me, but I only watch the Manning Cast on Mondays now. Like, unless it's a really good game and unless there's some sort of uh reason to tune in, said t- I said on yesterday, my fantasy team stinks and I'm curbing back my my gambling on the NFL. So if I'm not putting money on a game and I am not have no fantasy implications and the matchup's not good, I'm just not going to watch. I caught up on some Netflix last night, watched some college basketball, all that good stuff. But, I mean, that's just Josh Dobbs had four interceptions, may have reminded us of Kirk Cousins in primetime games, and then Justin Fields just wasn't very good either. And you got a 12-10 game last night. You got a team win a football game that didn't score a touchdown the bears won a game and didn't score a touchdown we had one touchdown last night's game and it kind of reminded me like this is just where we are nowadays in the NFL and I don't think this is going to be some long-standing trend or anything we're like we're going to go forward and the NFL is going to continue to be a poor product but the NFL this year is a poor product now that doesn't mean the playoffs are going to be bad I don't think because I think the cream of the crop is 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 very good, the Eagles, Niners, Lions, and Cowboys, the Ravens, Chiefs, Jaguars, Dolphins. Sorry, Steelers fans. Like, I don't know how you're doing it, but this regular season's been miserable. And you know, I, I love how we still every once in a while mention we should add another game to the schedule. That would be a disaster. That would just be a disaster because. Another week of bad football just doesn't do anything. And as I said, we all watch the NFL anyway, for the most part. You watch Red Zone, you watch, you know, dip in and out of games because you love the NFL. But like eventually the bad football is going to turn everybody off. And so along those same lines, and we'll get into this as the show goes along, the commanders are, are, are inevitably going to have a head coaching open opening vacancy as we go along here. And there was a tweet from, I think it might have been Adam Schefter. Somebody said that there's going to be potentially double digit openings in the NFL this offseason. I mean, we've already seen a couple of firings. We just saw Frank Reich go. Um, I want to know where everybody thinks the commander's job is. So if you think about it, let's go to the NFC. Start from the bottom. We know Carolina is going to be available. I think the commander's job is better than the Carolina job. Car- Carolina's owner is... Uh, yeah, Tepper is terrible. And you've already seen several times that people have gotten fired midseason. Like, they don't su- uh, set people up very well. So you'd need a coach who is trying to impress people to move elsewhere who will take the Carolina job. Because there's no talent there. Bryce Young's terrible. Um... Their defense isn't bad, but I don't know what their cap situation is. I would say the commander's job is better. I'm going from the bottom up. Arizona's not going to be firing Jonathan Gannon. Chicago. If you had Chicago and Washington, I think it all depends on if you believe in Justin Fields. If you believe in Justin Fields, it's a better job than what Washington has. If you don't believe in Justin Fields, then clearly the commander's job is better because you think, in theory, the commanders have a quarterback in place. So I would like to think the commander's job is better, but it all depends on what you think of Justin Fields. Uh, the Giants, I don't think they're going to fire Dayball, but I would say that the commander's job is better only because you're stuck with um, you're going to be stuck with Saquon Barkley and you're going to be stuck with Daniel Jones, and that's not the way um, that's not the way things are going. So um, yeah. I think the commander's job is better than the Giants' job. And we'll keep going throughout the NFC and the AFC to kind of compare where the commanders are. But I think it's going to be a middle-of-the-pack job opening. And I think because Daniel Snyder's gone, it's better than it would have been. But I also think that there are some challenges involved with uh, the commanders going forward that we can certainly get into. So I want to talk about that uh, a little bit later on in the show. But as I said, coming up next... We are going to do a little ACC talk, both basketball and football. What uh, What's the thoughts on the ACC SEC Challenge? And what's the thoughts on the ACC football as a whole? We'll bring on the mayor himself, David Glenn. He'll join us next,
0: 1061 ESPN. Let's get social. Follow us on X and Instagram at ESPN Richmond. And find us on Facebook by searching ESPN Richmond. Don't miss a thing from your home for sports in Richmond, 1061 ESPN. Just head to our website and to our This Week on 1061 ESPN Richmond page for a preview of what's to come on 1061 ESPN. Welcome back. 1061 ESPN.
1: Matt Joseph's here. Uh, Florida State and Louisville coming up Saturday in the ACC football championship. Uh, Louisville, uh, Florida State, a two and a half point favorite in that one. Total is 48 and a half. Uh, Should be an interesting matchup, and uh, obviously if Florida State wins, they should uh, probably make the uh, college football playoff. Uh, Time to talk a little ACC, a little ACC football, a little ACC basketball with our next guest. I always like to affectionately call him the mayor of the ACC, but you can check him out on the North Carolina Sports Network. Joining us now is Dave Glenn. Dave, what's going on?
2: I am doing great, Matt. I do want you to know that I'm hearing a second feed in addition to your voice, but otherwise everything's going well, and it's always fun to be with you.
1: Uh, all right, uh, Dave. We will pot you down for just a second and uh, try and figure out what uh, what's up with that. And um, not a hundred percent. There we go. All right, excellent. Uh, so, Dave, before we get to all the ACC stuff, tell us about uh, the North Carolina Sports Network and how things are going with that.
2: Yeah, thanks, Matt. Uh, we created it this summer. We obviously have a focus on the state of North Carolina, but as I like to say, we also write about, talk about, and interview those who impact sports in our state. For example, Tony Bennett of UVA was a recent guest. Dabo of Sweeney, Dabo Sweeney of Clemson in football was a recent guest. Uh, and obviously we cover all the ACC schools plus all the other universities here. But uh, the YouTube channel is growing. We have tens of thousands of followers on social media and uh, with our podcast in a, in a matter of just a few short months. So uh, we appreciate those who follow us in-state and out-of-state. And our Grand Central Station is that website, ncsportsnetwork.com.
1: So let's start out with a little ACC football. Uh, What do you think of this matchup coming up on Saturday? Obviously, Florida State, without their quarterback, is a completely different team. But I feel like people are kind of underselling the rest of that roster.
2: Yeah, I feel you. The first thing that strikes out... To me about this matchup is that if you and I were talking about the transfer portal over the last 12 months, I think the two schools playing for the ACC football title, Florida State and Louisville, are the two schools that dove deepest into the transfer portal and have benefited the most from it. In fact, of the 11 guys who have started the most games for the Seminoles on offense this year, 10 of them are major college transfers. I mean, that's not a tweak to how we're used to college football teams being built, right? That is a that is a massive overhaul in how teams are built. And it's just a, a sign and, and reflection of how Mike Norvell has gone from on the hot seat at Florida State two years ago, after his first two seasons there were pretty rough, to now, you know, the coach of an undefeated team that's playing for an ACC title and has a chance at the college football playoff. And similarly, Jeff Brom of of Louisville, who just got there after jumping from Purdue, he used the portal to find his starting quarterback, his best running back, his best wide receiver, and hit the ground running in his first season with the Cardinals. Uh, So I think anything can happen. Louisville is a legitimately solid team. And Florida State, of course, is playing with its backup quarterback, Tate Rodemaker, because Jordan Travis is out for the season with his injury. That makes it unpredictable. So I'm fascinated to see what happens on the field. But also, just in terms of the bigger picture, this game, remember, is in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I'm intrigued to see how many fans from those two participating schools end up playing in this game right here in our backyard, because obviously seven of the last eight years – Bunsen was in this game, and that fan base is located a heck of a lot closer to Charlotte than these two schools are.
1: So I kind of like Florida State in this contest. I, th- I feel like you know the defense and the rest of this team is going to take it personally that everybody's underselling them. Who do you like in this game?
2: I'll take the Seminoles, too. I do think it'll be a close game. I mean, the, the, the Cardinals did benefit from that weak schedule that they had. There's no doubt about that. But I also think they were one of the better defensive teams in the ACC this season. And they have. uh, It's going to be announced later this week, the All-ACC team. But they're going to have a number of players on that team uh, because they have been explosive offensively with Jawar Jordan at running back and Jamari Thresh at wide receiver, two of those big-time transfers that the Cardinals signed just this past year. So, yeah, I don't think it's a huge edge for the Seminoles given the Travis injury. But yes, if push comes to shove and I'm at the betting window, I'll take Florida State to win the ACC title.
1: Do you think they're definitely in the playoff if they win?
2: If they win, man, it's I hate to use the word definitely, but we can say factually that if they win, they would be the first undefeated Power Five champion ever to be left out. Of the four-team college football playoff, which is a format that we have now had for a ten full seasons, so we could probably create a set of circumstances that makes it really difficult on the committee. Uh, but we know that if Michigan's an undefeated Big Ten champ, the Wolverines are in. If Washington's a bit undefeated Pac-12 champ, the Huskies are in. Uh, if Georgia's an undefeated SEC champ, the Bulldogs are in. And given that you know Texas of the Big 12 is a one-loss team. Uh, you could argue that the Seminoles only beat Florida by a small margin. Maybe they beat Louisville by a small margin, um, and that causes you know the the corpse to be dissected by the committee, so to speak. But I would expect an, an undefeated Florida State ACC champion, if it comes to that, to get into the four team college football playoff. Obviously, this is the last year that we have to have these debates. Uh, In the future, we'll be debating about team number 12 and team number 13. But I don't think they're going to turn the page on this decade's worth of a fourteen bracket by leaving an, leaving out an undefeated conference champion.
1: Let's expand a little bit on this. And and obviously, look, there's still ball games. There's still other things to be considered. But would you say this was a successful ACC season? Obviously, Miami disappointed. North Carolina disappointed. But we saw Louisville come up. We saw NC State play really well. Georgia Tech had a decent season for them. Would you say this was a successful year, or do you need to see ball results?
2: Uh, I would want to see bowl results and I would want to see whether the Seminoles do indeed get into that college football playoff. Cause remember the ACC did participate in the college football playoff in its first seven years of this format. The last two years, the ACC has been left out. So given the lack of depth right now, you just don't have, you know, NC state could become a 10 wins team with a bowl victory. Uh, Louisville is already a 10-win team. Florida State's already uh, a 12-win team. But I don't see a lot of quality depth right now as we look forward to bowl season. So it starts with that, you know, a conference's reputation always starts at the top. It has very little to do with what your midsection and your bottom tier looks like, and that's football or men's basketball. If the ACC misses the college football playoff for the third year in a row, That is going to be something painful for this league financially and image-wise. Because remember, you do get a financial bonus for sending a team or more to that. A few years ago, remember that weird COVID year, Notre Dame and Clemson were both considered ACC teams because the Irish played an ACC schedule for that one and only one weird COVID season. So to go from two of the four participants to zero of the four for three years in a row... I think that would be a black cloud hovering over whatever good things the ACC might do during the rest of the postseason.
1: Who are you hearing uh, is in the mix potentially, or who might Duke be interested to replace Mike Elko?
2: I'm still processing Mike Elko's departure. There's a lot of angry people around here, because, and you and I have been around long enough that maybe we weren't surprised by it. But a coach does go to his players and say, I love this place. My family is happy here. I hope to stay here. I'm committed to Duke. And then sure enough, days or hours later, that same coach is saying yes to Texas A&M where Mike Elko used to coach. Nina King, the Blue Devils athletic director these days, did meet with the players first face-to-face. Mike Elko did it by Zoom from College Station, Texas. And I can promise you that did not go over well with the Duke players, many of whom decided not to attend the Zoom whatsoever. Um, Duke is not a place that can pay top dollar. We know that. Uh, and I, I, it's too early for me to feel good or to say with, stay with confidence um, who Duke is after. I will say that Kurt Zignetti of James Madison would make sense. I've seen Manny Diaz's name, the former Miami Hurricanes coach, who's now the defensive coordinator at Penn State. Uh, a guy named Jim Knowles is a former Duke assistant who's now Ohio State's defensive coordinator. Um, but at this early stage, I don't even think Duke has a strong pecking order.
1: We'll go to basketball in just a second, but how hot's Mac Brown's seat? I mean, obviously 8-4 and four is not what Tar Heels fans expected for Drake May's final season.
2: Well, he's the oldest coach in FCS football at 72 years old, but he has said he's coming back. I mean, Carolina went through the process of putting out a statement saying that Mac is going to be back. And they just picked up a transfer portal quarterback from Texas A&M. So that would indicate that he is going to be back. That's an administrative decision, of course, and that's why Mac Brown is going to be back. If you polled UNC's fan base, as much as they respect the fact that he built them into a prominent program nationally back in the 1990s, and he's also done some great recruiting, and he produced a nine-win team last year uh, and eight wins, and we'll see what happens in the bowl team this year. There's just a hollow ring to that right now, and that's why I think Mack Brown would not, uh, might not even win a vote in the UNC fan base. They, they tend to love him as a program builder. They love him as a recruiter. They love him as a CEO. But when you lose three straight times to the NC State Wolfpack, including a curb stomping this particular year, there are questions about the Tar Heels' coaching, especially on defense, questions about the Tar Heels' culture, especially when it comes to toughness, and questions about whether the Tar Heels can you know, win the games they're supposed to win. A rivalry loss is one thing against a good NC State team. That loss to UVA or that loss last year to a bad Georgia Tech team, those are the kinds of questions that, that hover over Mack Brown right now and really have that Carolina football fan base divided.
1: Talking with Dave Glenn of the North Carolina Sports Network. Follow them on Twitter at the NC Sports Net. You get all the links to their YouTube and all their stuff out there. Uh, make sure to check it out, especially if you're an ACC uh, sports fan. Uh, all right, Dave. So we've got the start of the ACC SEC Challenge. First off, before we get to the actual matchups, do you like the change in conferences or were you always a fan of the ACC Big Ten Challenge?
2: I preferred ACC Big Ten. I think they're two leagues that have a very similar view of the universe when it comes to the balance between academics and athletics and the high caliber academically of the huge majority of their institutions. So that was probably my favorite. But as a college basketball junkie, I'm just happy that we see these games, whether it's ACC, SEC nowadays, or that that previous format, because it beats the heck out of... You know, beating Cupcake University or the Little Sisters of the Poor, not every matchup is a mouth-watering morsel for us right now this week. But over these next couple of nights, man, we're going to see several heavyweight battles.
1: Let's take out the headliners. We'll take out Duke and Arkansas. We'll take out the one uh, tonight that's going to see Miami and Kentucky. What ACC team do you want to see play well and and, and get us a victory uh, in these next couple of days?
2: I would say North Carolina hosting Tennessee and UVA hosting a top 15 Texas A&M team because I think the Tar Heels and the Cavaliers are right upside right up there next to uh, Duke and Miami as two of the four teams that can really put the ACC back on the basketball map where it wants to be I'm not sure this is going to be a very good top to bottom league in fact the bottom team's are pretty bad, starting with Notre Dame and Louisville, but also others. And remember, Matt, the ACC has been uncharacteristically ranked, you know, fifth or even sixth uh, among the conferences in some of the analytics in recent years. I actually think it might be the case again this year because most of those analytics weigh a conference from top to bottom where the league is not going to do as well. Come March Madness, of course, the ACC, far more often than not, even when it's considered a mediocre regular season league, tends to do really well. And I think that's going to be the case again this year. Why? Because I think those top teams have a chance to be really good. But we saw UVA lay an egg recently. We saw Carolina lose to a uh, a Villanova team that's probably not as talented as the Tar Heels. So both UVA and UNC have some significant questions to answer as they take on two of the top 15 teams in the country in, in the form of Texas A&M and Tennessee, respectively.
1: Last one for you. What do we make of Virginia Tech? Obviously, 5-2 and two is a nice record, but the the Florida Atlantic loss didn't look very good. They, were, they weren't really in that game. Um, what do you make of the Hokies basketball team so far?
2: I would not predict them to be an NCAA tournament team, but I think they're in that mix of schools that has a chance. I think the Hokies are playing pretty well overall offensively. They have a really good experience backcourt in Sean Padula and Hunter Couture. I don't think they have, they do a very good job of protecting the rim defensively. Um, Their, their two biggest guys are kind of more of the, you know, built like an Oak tree types rather than the long armed, high jumping shot blocker types. And that can cause some problems defensively as Florida Atlantic really exposed but even South Carolina a little bit before that. I mean, Mike Young is a great coach, and they do have enough personnel with Padula, Hunter Couture. Uh, Lynn Kidd is playing by far the best basketball of his college career. I saw him for a couple years at Clemson. I never would have thought he'd develop into this level of player. And the UNC transfer, Tyler Nickel, has at least in some games shown signs of being a significant contributor. So it ain't over yet. That middle five or so of the ACC – One or two teams are going to emerge out of that group to to be an NCAA tournament team come Selection Sunday, and the Hokies have at least a fighting chance to be one of those.
1: Make sure to go to the uh, North Carolina Sports Network on Twitter, at the NC Sports Net on Twitter, and then go to the website ncsportsnetwork.com. Maybe not JMU fans. There's a lot of App State stuff in the front right now. I'm sure that'll go away. JMU fans (laughs) still a little salty, Dave. They should be playing this weekend, and the NCAA kind of took that away from them.
2: I get it. I'm happy that they're able to go to a bowl game, right? I mean, after all of that back and forth and criticism of the NCAA, I've always said when it comes to a lot of different NCAA topics, it's not really the waiver that they've refused to grant that bothers me the most because it's, it's creating the rule in the first place. Right, Like, what was the logic to say that we have to have this long probation period when teams are jumping from one level to the next? Uh, I've, never, I've never understood why it has to be that way. Um, but once you have the rule, you have to enforce it, right? And that's where the wavered uh, denial was not a surprise to me at all, knowing how the NCAA works. I don't know if all's well that ends well, given that JMU, I know, would rather be playing Troy in the in the uh, Sunbelt title game this weekend. App State's happy to take their place uh, and was happy to get that win with college game day in attendance in Harrisonburg. Uh, but at least the Dukes do get to play a bowl game, and that's better than the possible alternative.
1: Well, Dave, we uh, we always appreciate the time here in Richmond. Have a great holiday, and we will uh, talk to you again soon.
2: Thank you, Matt. Always fun to be with you, man. Keep up the good work.
1: All right, uh, that is Dave Glenn, North Carolina Sports Network, at the NC Sports on Twitter. And ncsportsnetwork.com is the website, as I said. JMU fans, maybe wait till next week. There's a lot of... App state stuff up front. Which, listen, if you're in North Carolina, um, yeah, I would I would support uh, App State. But uh, yeah, maybe wait a week until after the game. Be a little sore subject. Um, real quick before we break, uh, college basketball tonight. So as we 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 mentioned the matchups outside of those matchups, uh, Norfolk State and William Mary playing at seven o'clock seven o'clock tonight in Norfolk. And uh, Norfolk State will be playing uh, VCU a little bit later on this week at VCU. So if the Rams uh, fans want to go check that out, they can certainly do so. Other than that, it's not a great college basketball slate tonight, other than the ACC-SEC Challenge. is in action, Kansas is in action, but both of them should win rather easily. Kansas is a 39-point favorite over Eastern Illinois tonight. So um, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, Dave didn't paint a a great picture for the ACC, that's for sure. Um, But we'll see if they can start something with this new conference and uh, pick up a couple victories tonight, get some tomorrow, uh, get a few more on Wednesday, and uh, come out ahead of the the SEC. Because we know that the two of them are like, well... I was going to say they're like competing with each other, but they're not really because the SEC doesn't really respect the ACC, especially in football. And then in basketball, the SEC's like, yeah, I guess. We also have basketball too. But we'll see what happens. Maybe we could develop a couple of rivalries uh, starting tonight in the ACC-SEC Challenge. All right, let's take a timeout. Coming up, uh, let's talk a little bit more about the NFL. Um, Obviously, we started looking at where the commander's job was in terms of how much people would want to go be commander's head coaches with some of the other jobs that will be open. We'll continue with that. We'll take you up to 4 o'clock. You're listening to 1061 ESPN.
0: The NFL season is in full swing, and we don't want anyone to forget. We have NFL coverage every Sunday afternoon, as well as every Dallas Cowboys broadcast. Here on your home for sports in the River City, 1061 ESPN Richmond. To my new
1: Welcome back. 1061 ESPN. Matt Joseph's here. And yeah, don't forget, holiday cheering here is December 11th. We'll be at the new Henrico Sports and Events Center. Bob and I will be broadcasting live, accepting new sporting equipment to benefit the Salvation Army Christmas Assistance Program. New basketballs, footballs, baseball gloves, anything sports related, golf clubs, lacrosse sticks, uh, hockey gear, um, even those mini basketball nets and stuff like that you set up in your office, stuff like that. Anything sports-related and that's new, uh, stop on by and take care of that and then stay for the A-10 women's basketball game later that night between the A-10's VC Rams and the soon-to-be Conference USA Delaware Blue Hens. 2025-2026. 2025-2026. Tickets and information available at HenricoSEA.com December 11th. We're looking forward to having you all out there uh, for the event. Uh, 327-088. that is the phone number, that is the text line don't forget the area code 804 uh, to update you on some of the names over the last 24 hours in the transfer portal which they were predicting, they were like man, this is going to be a busy transfer portal and some large names which so far we've seen Uh, I did not realize, and Dave dropped it on the show, and I, I missed it on Twitter. Max Johnson, it looks like. Nothing official yet. Max Johnson, the Texas A&M quarterback, it looks like, is going to go to North Carolina. That's who he was talking about. Um, I had not seen that, but it, it, there's some crystal balls out there that are saying he's going to go to North Carolina, which is probably another reason why Mac Brown's sticking around, because they managed to find somebody who's a decent replacement for Drake May. Uh, some of the other names we kind of seen, Tyler Van Dyke, uh, a Miami quarterback, which... Kind of interesting. If you don't think you're going to succeed at Miami, or you don't think you're going to get enough headlines at Miami, like where else are you going to go? Um, Mitch Griffiths, the quarterback at Wake Forest, good kid. Obviously, I talked to him at uh, ACC Media Day. But here's my thing: Mitch Griffiths failed miserably as a quarterback with Dave Clawson, who's widely considered an offensive genius in a very quarterback-friendly offense. So where's he going? Like I don't, I don't get that. Now, obviously, there's not a lot of logic to a lot of these, because as we know, it's it's a money grab, but who's paying a lot of money for a failed Wake Forest quarterback who has one year left? Uh, Mason Garcia, the quarterback at East Carolina, is transferring with two years of eligibility left. East Carolina, one of the worst offenses in America, so like, I don't understand that. Jared Guest, uh, the Coastal Carolina quarterback. I think he got sacked by JMU again. He's also entering the transfer portal. Ethan Kamanis, the uh, Minnesota quarterback who wasn't very good at Minnesota. Uh, Jamori Macklin, he was really good. A wide receiver at North Texas. He's entered a transfer portal. Trayvon Rudolph, uh, the number one wide receiver at NIU. Daquan Wright, the tight end at Virginia Tech, he is uh, expected to enter the portal. He had 47 receptions for 574 yards over the last two seasons. Noah Kim, also entering the transfer portal, so both of Michigan State's quarterbacks are gone. Uh, So I found that rather interesting. Um, Porter Rooks, a wide receiver at NC State. See, I, and this is me being Pollyannish, and I understand that. Like, I don't understand the guys who leave before bowls. Like, I understand why Caleb Williams is not playing in a bowl game. It disappoints me, but I understand it. Why is this NC State wide receiver leaving? Like, he's got one more game. It's not hard to stick around. If he gets hurt, I understand, but like, you're Porter Rooks. No offense if his family's listening. I don't think they are. I don't think he's from here. But like, where are you going? Come on. Um, And then Jerry Bohannon, the Baylor transfer who went to South Florida, he's entering the transfer portal maybe he'll join Jordan McLeod in JMU. JMU doesn't need another quarterback, but um, that's just my answer from now on. Obviously, Jordan McLeod's coming back, but any good quarterback who wants to go perform in a in a great system, just just go to JMU. Like, just do that. I think it's funny. I, I, I do kind of think it's funny nowadays with regards to the transfer portal that there's all these guys who are transferring and they want to get more eyeballs on them. But like, it's college football. JMU was on TV almost every week, whether it's ESPN2, ESPNU, ESPN, ESPN Plus. Like it wouldn't be hard if JMU had an NFL pro prospect, which they do, to find out more about him. So, like, I'd see all these guys who are leaving in the transfer portal, and yeah, East Carolina, like that's kind of, you know, who's watching East Carolina football. But like, if you're good enough, no matter what team you play for, you're going to get eyeballs on you. You know, it's pretty it's pretty interesting to see all these guys leaving. And I understand the, the whole thing. And I have no problem with the transfer portal. Let me be completely honest. I have no problem with the transfer portal. Bob's the one who's a little disappointed with it um and how it's kind of run. I don't love it, but as I've said before, one of my favorite things one of my favorite things about college football and college basketball is kind of getting ready for the season and kind of being like, oh, that's where that guy went. Oh, that's where that guy went. I kind of enjoy that, but that's the nerd in me who likes, you know, handicapping and stuff like that. You know, seeing like on Virginia Tech, oh, that's where this guy went. But... We'll see what happens. So, so far, as I said, there's only one Virginia Tech guy in the portal. We'll keep you posted if anybody from UVA or, I don't know why anybody would transfer from JMU, but like, you know, William & Mary, Richmond, all that stuff, we'll keep you posted because we are officially in uh, transfer portal season. Uh, 327-0888, that is the phone number. That is the text line for the show. Um, as we get you set for another weekend in the uh, college football world with the uh, conference championships and then next weekend's Army-Navy and all that fun stuff. So we will uh, keep you posted on that. In the NFL, Commanders uh, at home against Miami. I mean, they're home, but it's going to feel like a Dolphins home game. Dolphins, are nine and a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Total is 50. It's assuming Washington's going to score some points. I don't I don't see that necessarily happening, but... Um, yeah, nine and a half. Obviously, they didn't practice today. We'll update you on their who practiced, who didn't practice, uh, starting tomorrow. And they'll probably have a walkthrough, which is what I feel like a lot of teams do in the NFL. They have a walkthrough on Wednesday, and then they have a practice on Thursday, and then you know they do some stuff on Friday, depending upon what time and and how much they have to actually work out. Um, so we were kind of going over the the commander's job in terms of where it would la- rank. Um, let me do this a little quicker, because obviously we're towards the end of the show. I think the commander's job is better than the Carolina job. I think it's on par with the Bears' job, depending upon what you think of Justin Fields. I think the Giant, it's better than the Giants' job, because you're stuck with Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. Um, I'm trying to see who else is going to get fired or let go. And I don't really see anybody else, I think, from what I can tell. I'm trying to quickly scroll in my head as to who the head coaches are. And then you look in the AFC. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen to Belichick, but I'll say this Washington's job's better than New England. Washington's job is better than New England. New England's got nothing talent wise. Nothing. Like, if you were to ask the common NFL fan who the best player is on New England, I think everybody would kind of shrug. I think you'd get some Tom Brady answers, and be like, oh, it's Tom Brady, right? No, he's not there. So I definitely think it's a better job. Um, I don't think Vrabel's going anywhere. The Chargers' job, I think, would be number one, just because Justin Herbert's so much better than everybody else. I think if, if they finally decide to get rid of Staley, which they should have a long time ago, the Chargers' job will be the number one job out there. The Raiders' job? I don't know. I think the Raiders and the Commanders are, like, right there. Like, right there. Uh, The Bills' job, I think, would be better than the Commander's job. I mean, McDermott, if they don't make the playoffs, McDermott's probably gone. Uh, And then other than that, I don't think there's any other changes. So I I think the Commander's job is up there. It's certainly not the best. And with Daniel Snyder gone, it's certainly not the worst, which is an improvement. Because if Daniel Snyder was still there, I think that they would probably be the worst job out there, and that would include some of the others who are really, really, really bad. So, getting rid of uh, Daniel Snyder certainly moves them up a little bit. Doesn't make them the best. They don't have Justin Herbert. They don't have Josh Allen. But I think they could still get somebody pretty solid, whether it's Eric Biennemi, who I still think it's. I still, I still think I'm. I, as I told Bob yesterday, I'm going down with the ship. That either. Eric Bieniemy is a finalist, or Eric Bieniemy is the head coach next year, the Washington Commanders, and I will continue to say it was a failure hiring him if you don't keep him next year. It, it was pointless to bring him in if you knew the, all along that you were just going to flush the whole coaching staff out no matter what. It was pointless to waste a season with him if you knew he wasn't coming back no matter what. But what else is new? with uh, Washington. All right, let's take a timeout. We'll do one final segment. Get you set for tomorrow and the rest of the week ahead. You're listening to 106.1 ESPN. Welcome back. 106.1 ESPN, Matt Joseph's here. Uh, just got the inevitable text that every fan base in a team who's going to have their head coach gone gets. Washington should try to hire Jim Harbaugh. And yeah, they should. I don't know if he's coming here. That's why I just did the list. If, if every team on the list says, we want Jim Harbaugh. The only way Washington's getting him is if they overpay for him, which they've done in the past. But if I'm Jim Harbaugh, I'm going to Buffalo, an already made roster that just needs a, a better coach. Or I'm going to, to to the Chargers that have an already made roster and just needs a coach who's not an idiot. Um, that's all. Hey, hey, Washington, Washington might overpay for somebody. I just I just don't understand, and I didn't understand it when Bob brought it up, and I still don't understand now. Why hire Eric Biennium? If you knew this was only going to be a one-year thing, because let's be honest, the Commanders weren't going to win double-digit games, so they knew they were getting rid of Ron Rivera. They knew they were getting rid of Jack Del Rio. They knew they were going to have a complete reshuffling of the staff. Then why bring Eric Biennium in? Like, why bring an offensive guru like that to do good things with Sam Howell and then next year say, ah, you're gone? That's why I'm going down with this ship, and you guys heard it from me. And I've been on this for weeks and months, and I don't think it's been a year yet. But Eric Bieniemy will either be a finalist or will be the head coach of this team next year, and that would be smart for the Commanders. I'm not changing my opinion. I know in this in this business you're.